Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Fraud Pod, a podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. I'm your host, Frankie Rodriguez, as usual. It is just me today, no guest. I do want to apologize. I know I've been saying there's going to be, uh, you know, Michelle Normalizing Nutrition was supposed to come on and Andrea Pranzatelli was supposed to come on. Um, those are going to be pushed back a little bit further. Um, it's, every weekend has just kind of been something else, one thing after the other. You know when like life just decides to be a little bit tougher than usual? That's what's happening here today. So bear with me. It's just going to be me today. But listen, we're here. We're hanging out. You're chilling. I'm chilling. I got some stories to tell you today or a crazy story to tell you. To start us off, then I am going to get a little bit somber towards the middle. I got to talk about some deep stuff that's been going on in my life lately. And then we'll bring it back up the roller coaster with some questions. And then, of course, I have a What's Going On in America, one of my favorite segments where I talk about a crazy story that is happening in America. And lately, America's been kind of in the shitter. The first thing I got to talk about, I want to tell you guys a story. All right, so get a cup of tea, you know, grab your favorite beverage, snuggle up on the couch, and let's get into this wild, wild story. Um, first, I have to uh, show you guys something. Now, I'm going to give you guys a trigger warning because not only is this story going to be gruesome, but what I'm about to show you is a little gruesome as well. I uh, I got a smashed finger. Now, I don't know if my camera is going to actually be able to zoo or you know get in on this finger probably not whatever but if you can see it if you're watching on youtube.com slash fraud pod studios i smashed my finger now what is a smashed finger you may ask i've never smashed my finger and if you haven't smashed your finger before oh my god i envy you because i could have gone my whole life without smashing my finger and i'd be a very happy person but now that it's happened to me i wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. I swear to God, you know, I've played hockey for, I don't know, 16 plus years. Uh, I've had some injuries in the past. I've never broken a bone, knock on wood. You know, I've dislocated my jaw. I've gotten a couple concussions. I've uh, kind of a little bit fractured my elbow. It's kind of weird. That's why I say I never broke anything. Um, I don't think anything compares to this, to be completely honest. Pain-wise, I think this might have been the worst pain that I'm going through. And now listen, I know some of you might be like, wow, Frank, you're, you're being a little bit of a baby. All right? Like, suck it up. And listen, I'm, I'm fine. I'm alive. I'm well. You know, my finger looks like Quasimodo, but I'm good. I'm just saying on the pain scale of the pain that I've been through in my life, my 27 years on this planet, this is by far the most annoying um and frustrating pain to have because not only did I smash a finger, I smashed probably my most important finger, my right index finger, which is you realize, hey, I kind of use that every day for everything, writing, typing. I couldn't, I went to go put uh, a new sound on my soundboard and I, I try to unlock my laptop. I couldn't use my fingerprint scanner because my finger is literally looks like it's bent up it's all it's all messed up. It's just gross. So what I want to do is I want to tell you the story of how that happened to me and then also a story that happened in the ER. So let's go back to what happened. Frankie, what happened to your finger? So in my current job, we sometimes do some overnight installs in grocery stores, you know, set them up nice and everything like that. So we were, it was about two in the morning on Monday. We were setting up a shelving unit that needed to get something screwed into the top of it. We're trying to use these self-tapping screws and they're just not working. So I had the bright idea of saying, well, why don't we try to just screw in the screw first and then we can take the screw out and then it'll be easier to screw down what we need to screw down. Genius. That's why I get paid the medium bucks. So I take the liberty of starting to screw in this self-tapping screw into this metal shelving unit. And I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing. And I'm like, this screw is not going into this unit. Like, it's just not 
self-tapping screws are supposed to be pretty easy. This one didn't feel like doing his job today. So I'm pushing it down and I did one last push to really get it to go into the metal shelf. The screw goes flying. I then have the drill hit the metal shelf, which obviously slips out because it's just a drill tip. And then my entire weight and my strength, I'm a pretty strong guy. See this? Look at those. Look at those guns. Boom. My finger is now mashed between the metal shelf and the trigger of the drill. Now, when I tell you, again, I've, I've been through pain, okay? I've done a lot of painful, stupid things. I've cut myself. I've hit myself with stuff by accident, you know? This is one of those pains that was so painful all I could do was curse at first, and then I just couldn't think. Like, I couldn't I couldn't speak. I couldn't think. I just held my finger, and I just walked away. And I was like, okay, well, that sucked. Now, of course, the first thing you want to do, or I'm sorry, the last thing you want to do is check it out and see what it looks like. I was really afraid to see what my finger looked like, but I looked at it and instantly... You know, blood underneath the fingernail, fingers blowing up to like a balloon. And basically, that's how I smashed my finger. I couldn't do anything about it. It was 2 a.m. and I worked from 2 a.m. Well, forget it. I don't even want to talk about my work schedule. But I worked the rest of the day, night. Till, I didn't get home till 9 in the morning. And then I tried to sleep. Forget about it. I couldn't sleep. My finger was just... That's another thing that sucks about this pain of smashing your finger is it's not it's just a constant throbbing not I can't even say dull pain it's like a sharp burning hot pain and you can't really do anything about it so like of course I'm going on the Googles and the YouTubes and I'm like what can I do to relieve this pain because I'm taking Tylenol I'm taking ibuprofen I'm icing it and oh also icing it feels like you're basically taking a blowtorch and lighting it on fire so I then decide, I found a video on YouTube, burn a hole in your nail to relieve the pressure. And I'm like, let's do it. I'm ready to go because I, I need some I need some relief. And now I'm sure some of you are yelling at your screen right now, like, Frankie, why didn't you just go to the doctor? Long story short, I had to sleep all day Tuesday because I worked basically 24 hours on Monday. And um, Wednesday morning, I actually made an appointment for the doctor, and I'll get into that in a second. So on Tuesday, this is Tuesday, bear with me, Tuesday night. Apparently, if you take a paper clip, you light it on fire on your stove, gets real red and hot, you can burn a hole into your nail, and the blood will come out and relieve the pressure. It specifically states that you shouldn't feel any pain when you're burning through your nail because your nail doesn't have nerve endings. Underneath, your nail bed does, so once you get through, you might feel a little bit of a pinch. I was like, I don't care. Nothing's worse than this. Until I took the paper clip, lit it up, nice red hot. I cleaned it and everything, too. Don't worry. I was being very careful and sterile. I go to poke this hole. It felt like someone took a hot buzz saw and started sawing my finger off. No joke. Like Again, my pain tolerance is pretty high. But apparently, you know, again, I'm like, I got to get through this nail. So I tried it three more times. No luck. I got about halfway through my nail before I was like, this is worse than the actual pain. So I was like, forget it. I stopped. The next day, I made an appointment for the to go to my real doctor. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I said, listen, you know, I need my nail drained, whatever. They brought me in, basically said, yeah, we can't drain this nail. Uh, and also your knuckle might be fractured, so you need to go to the ER right now. So that was $30 down the drain. I go to the ER. I don't understand why the people at the front of the ER have to be such miserable people. Maybe it's because they're seeing injured people all day and no one's in a good mood, so they just figure, let's just roll with it. We're going to be in a bad mood as well. But like the vibes right off the bat are just like, we don't care about you or your injury sit down and wait. So I tell them, listen, I smashed my finger. I need to get it drained. My doctor already called. They say, cool, go sit down and wait forever for the rest of your life. So I sit down. Now it's me. I think about three or four old people. The lady next to me actually smashed her finger too. We had a little bonding moment. We went, what'd you do? Yeah, me, drill, you, ooh, hammer, tough. 
stuff. Uh, and this is where I give all the props to the doctors, to nurses, to any surgeons, medical staff, people that work in hospitals, just because you have to see this every day. I'm sitting down. To my left is the entrance. And I see a man walk in. The first thing I notice with this man is that he's not wearing a mask. And the only reason why I noticed that is because when I walked in, there's a tree trunk man, security guy, 6'7", like 280, and he is in charge of making sure that everyone's wearing masks. So I instantly think, well, this guy's going to have a tough time because he's going to walk in and tree trunk over there is going to freaking tackle him to the ground. He walks in through the automatic doors. Tree trunk man steps up to him. And I'm thinking, here we go. It's about to be a beatdown. All of a sudden, I look at tree trunk man's face and it's blank. It's like goes white. So then my focus goes back to the man without the mask. What's going on? He comes in holding his arm like this. Right? He is looking dead straight at the check-in desk and he's just saying, I need help. I need help. I need help. So then I started investigating further. I kind of turn my head more and I'm looking at him. This man was holding his arm and his arm had a waterfall of blood pouring out of it. The bottom half of his shirt, his entire pants were covered in blood. I'm I I'm not even exaggerating. He was pouring out blood onto himself. The floor had blood on it. I looked back over at the doors. The automatic doors had blood on it. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on? So then he goes from, I need help, I need help, I need help, to I'm going to pass out, I'm going to pass out, I'm going to pass out. Proceeds to pass out on the floor in the puddle of his own blood. The two people behind the desk finally jump up into action. They go, oh my God, we need to get a wheelchair. They grab a wheelchair. The big security guy had to pick him up, throw him into the wheelchair, and they wheeled him away with a trail of blood. And then the dust settles, and me and the four old people are there to just bask in the ambience of what the hell just happened. I Instantly, I'm like, I'm here for this little freaking finger, dude. I'm good. That guy? That guy? Give him all the attention. I don't need to be here for this. This, I'll, I'll take, I'll go back and try again with the pin. It, it, I had to go outside. I had to go outside and take a breather. I, my respect for anyone who works in a hospital, especially an emergency room, through the roof. You guys. And first responders, too, and, like, police officers, like, because, you know, when they're on the job, they have to see stuff like that, too. But to go from, you know, I was talking to the to the lady five minutes earlier. She's like, oh, yeah, I got cookies. I brought cookies. It's my snack, whatever. Oh, I'm so sorry about your finger, blah, blah, you know, small talk, nothing big. Five minutes later, guy comes in dead. I mean, it was like a Saw movie. It was like a live Saw movie. I've never seen blood so red and thick falling out of somebody. I hope he's okay. I, oh my God. I got like nervous for living. I, I like I, the fact that like that could happen to us scares the hell out of me. Like I instantly thought about like the future. Like what if like one day when I'm like working on the house or whatever, I fall and then I get impaled by a tree. Like, I'm terrified. I want to go live in a bubble now. And especially after I smash my finger with a drill, any tool I use, here's a public service service announcement for all of you. Any tool you guys use, respect the tool. The tool could be a screwdriver. And guess what? That screwdriver can ruin your day, depending on what you're doing. Wear safety goggles. Wear safety gloves. I don't know what this guy was doing. I'm assuming he was using a saw of some sort, maybe a chainsaw. He looked like he was in kind of work clothes. So after the fact, uh, when the dust settled, 
the lady front desk lady came back in and she said that was arterial blood, meaning he cut open an artery. That's why I'm like, I really hope he's okay because I know how serious, you know, you cut open an artery, man, that there's blood coming out at a mile a minute. And let me tell you, it was coming out a mile a minute. Another thing was he got brought in. A lady came in after saying, oh, I'm here with the guy. And then the lady was super rude. She's like, I'm sorry, who's the guy? How about the guy who's almost dead? He died in the middle of the lobby. That guy. Oh, I don't know. The guy with the broken finger over there. The guy. Okay, he's the guy. From now on, for the rest of the day, when I say the guy, that's the guy. Don't ask any questions. So she's like, I'm with the guy. Here's his medical history and all this stuff. Because obviously he went into emergency surgery. She goes, his car is just parked straight out, like literally up against the door. Because I'm assuming whoever drove or if he drove, he just parked in front and freaking ran in. I don't blame him. If he did drive himself, dude, whew, balls of steel, man. Good for you. Um, And the front desk lady goes, yeah, we're going to have valet come grab it and move it. And the lady goes, no, you can't get in that car. There's blood everywhere. So they had to freaking get a cleaning crew. First of all, the janitors have to come out. They came out to the lobby and had to mop up all this blood. Guys, we, me and the four old people, the Broken Finger Gang, were sitting there just watching this. We can't say anything. We can't do anything. You can't help. You have to, we literally had to watch this man say, help me. I need help. I need help. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. Fall. To basically his, what we would assume is his death in his blood. And we had to sit there. You can't do anything. It was absolute, dude. It was absolutely terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And the fact that that stuff like that can happens every day and can happen at any moment, not at any moment, but like. I feel like we sometimes forget or we get into a rhythm and like we're just doing things and we're like, oh yeah, well, well. next thing you know, your hand's in a wood chipper. Pay attention. We're living life, guys. We're moving around. We're human beings. We got blood and bones and flesh. One wrong move, your arm's gone. You know, and obviously that's an exaggeration, but I feel like that brought me back down to earth, dude. I will always be careful no matter what I'm doing. Driving, careful. Uh, using a, a, a drill, careful. Screwdriver, careful. Heat, so, some kind of a heat gun or something, being careful, extra careful. <sighs> I really hope that guy's okay. I really do. Because, I mean, it was bad. It was the worst injury I've seen with my two eyes, my own, my own two eyes. Um, I just realized I'm not even done telling you guys about what happened to my finger. So after that whole debacle happened and I'm, I was shooken up, they called my name, sent me back to a room. I had to get x-rayed, wasn't broken, wasn't fractured, which was really good because apparently if it's broken or fractured, that's a really, really, really bad thing. Not really sure why. I don't know if I'd have to lose my finger, whatever. So then the doctor comes in, young lady, and she goes, ooh, yay, I get to do my favorite thing. And I was like, what? what's that? And she's like, I get to zap you. What? I get to zap you? With what? She explains to me that basically what I tried to do in a makeshift way in my own kitchen with a hot uh, paperclip, they do in a more legit way, which is they take a, I think it's a, a cauterizing metal tip. So like a cauterizer is like when like there's blood that needs to stop, you know, when it needs to stop bleeding, they just burn it. Ooh, God, just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, so they basically take that and they burn through your nail and they relieve the pressures. So I'm like, listen, let's get it over with, okay? Because my finger's about to pop. So she comes back with the freaking tool and a nurse. And why is the nurse there, you may ask? She's there to watch for fun. So that's cool. So now I'm in pain and I'm, I'm also a, a monkey. 
doing tricks for people for their own pleasure. So she again explains to me, this isn't going to hurt until I get through your nail, then it's going to hurt because I'm going to touch the nail bed really quick. She starts to burn my nail. When I tell you, it felt like a hot buzzsaw was sawing my finger off. That's exactly what it felt like. And I went, oh, 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 O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Wow! I didn't do that, but I said, oh, 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 three times. I was one more O away from singing the song. And I crossed my legs like a little baby because it hurt. And she told me it wasn't going to hurt. And you know what? I'm the type of person where I like to watch. Some people don't like to watch. I have to watch. They always say, oh, don't look. Don't watch. I'm going to watch. I don't know what you're doing. I need to see it with my own eyes. I don't know what you're doing over there. For all I know, you could be taking a little chisel, hammer, freaking, I don't know. I'm going to watch you do it. So she kept going and going and going. And and it felt like it felt like it was just torture. Basically, like I was in a jigsaw trap and they were ripping my nail off. Finally, she broke through the nail and a little bit of blood came out and then she dipped my finger. She's like, just hold your finger down in this solution of iodine peroxide. Just push because you got to get everything out, right? I felt a little bit of relief. She goes, I'm going to be back in 15 minutes. Why 15 minutes? Too long. Too long. Anyway, so for 15 minutes, I'm pushing down, pushing down. I took my finger out and I realized that I am no longer draining blood. There's no blood coming out. And then it dawned on me. And I got, oh, I got the chills. I went, she's going to have to zap me again. She's going to have to zap me again, man. I was like, I know it. I know she's going to have to zap me again. That's why she left the zapper right there. I knew. I was like, you left the zapper there on purpose because you knew you were going to have to zap me again. But you didn't tell me because I was freaking out. And I was crossing my legs and I was singing the O'Reilly's song. And you were like, I'm not going to tell him. So then she comes back in. And she goes, how are you feeling? I go, let me guess. You're going to have to zap me again. She said, yes, I am going to have to zap you again. She's like, it didn't look like a lot of blood came out. And I was like, yeah, there's still a lot of pressure. So she picked the new spot on my nail. And again, I don't know if you guys can see. It, my camera's really not um, focusing right now. It's just kind of on me. But she chose a different spot. And she starts doing it and I'm bracing for impact. I'm like, oh. I even started like just making noises before she even touched the thing. I'm like, ah. I look over, she's not even fucking doing anything. <laughs> so she finally starts the second hole and I didn't feel anything. It didn't hurt. I was like, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It didn't hurt. Until she broke through the nail and then it freaking hurt a little bit. But at that point, that was like nothing. That was like being tickled. And then some blood started coming out. Same thing. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Again, too long. Two minutes. Five minutes. So again, a little bit of pressure was relieved. And then she comes back in. And we both kind of realized that not a lot of blood was coming out. And she said, so unfortunately, because you waited so long, which I didn't wait that long, it was like 24 hours, she said, there's a lot of dry blood underneath your nail, so you're not going to get any relief from poking holes in your nail. So she basically just said, keep soaking it in peroxide, keep taking Tylenol, which again, I thought that they were going to give me something for the pain. Because they asked me from 1 to 10, what was the pain? I said it was around a 7, but it's climbing because it really was climbing. It was getting worse. Um, Not that I really wanted painkillers, but Tylenol, I was taking the max Tylenol and max ibuprofen a day. wasn't doing a thing. So, and it's mainly because I want to be able to sleep at night. I don't want my my fingers throbbing, you know? And then she sent me on, on my way. And that was it. I had two new holes in my nail. No relief. And, uh... And it still sucked. The next day, I worked all day. It kind of felt better. But I noticed that around my cuticle was getting really, like, freaking swollen. And my my original doctor told me that if it gets really red or really swollen or worse, go back to the ER. 
So last night I had to go back to the ER because I was in so much pain that I woke up. I woke up from the pain, which is always fun. It's always fun to wake up. Oh, oh, ow. That's what happened. That was a, that was a live re- or that was a reenactment of what happened when I woke up. Surprised I wasn't singing the O'Reilly's theme song. Drive myself to the ER. Luckily, no one was in there. Because if I had to sit and witness one of those massacre type stuff again, I, I can't do it. So they bring me back again. A different uh, doctor this time. She comes in and she looks at my finger for a split second. She goes, oh yeah, that's infected. That's always fun to hear when you're injured. And they come in and they just go, oh, that's infected. Thanks. And then she told me that she was going to have to poke me with a needle a few times. You know, this is again, uh, right now, in the, I don't have a, a, a ranking really of my injuries, but this injury alone, I'm going to put it number one in my life because not only is it painful in its own right, but it requires so much painful maintenance to get it to get better not include also not even to mention my nail is gonna fall off and i have to grow a whole nother nail which takes like eight months or something like that so this is the worst injury that i have had in my life to date a hundred thousand percent i wouldn't wish it upon anyone really i genuinely mean that i can't imagine if someone did it to their toe how do you walk? You can't. So she starts poking and poking and poking, getting all the stuff out, all the good stuff, you know, the blood and the pus and all that great stuff. At one point, she's like, you want a break? I'm like, listen, I'm not coming back here for a third time. Get everything out of there. If I have to go back a third time, I'm taking you guys with me because I no, no, not doing it. I don't need to get poked or freaking zapped or slapped. I'm done. All right. Just take my finger off. At this point, take it off. This is the worst injury ever in the history of injuries that I've had. I hope it's the worst I ever have in my life. Knock on wood. But I'm alive. I'm healthy. Um, I'm resting, which is good. And that's all that matters. Anyway, let's move on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on in my life. Uh, specifically, my career. It's something that uh, is just crazy overall and um, something I'm really excited about. I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm, I feel relieved. Uh, so essentially, for four years, I've been at the same job, four plus years, uh, since I was 23 years old. Um, and I started at the company that I'm with printing overnight, just overnight printing things and just doing some extra hours here and there. And at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a career. I was just trying to make money and trying to be a 23 year old and, you know, buy my girlfriend, my now wife, you know, nice things and go on Disney trips and <laughs> all that fun stuff. You know, I was a kid, 23 kid, 27, still kind of a kid, but you know, I've grown up a lot since then. Um, and within that company, I worked my way up to be a project manager and a press operator. And I had a full blown career with this company that, that I built myself by hard work, um, putting my head down, grinding, working extra hours, OT. And through those four years, I knew this wasn't my end game. This wasn't my, yes, it was a career. Yes, I was making, you know, better money than when I first started at 23. But I knew it wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And what sucks about life is the older you get, the more is on your plate, the more responsibility you have. Um, less freedom you have to really try different things and go for different things. And about a year ago, 
I really, I realized that with me doing this podcast, building up Fraud Pot Studios, it was something that I really wanted to go for and make a career for myself and put myself out there for different companies to see my work, see my worth, see what I can do and maybe take a chance with me um, to help build their company. Because if I could get to where I am today working with a company that I truly didn't see a future in or didn't see a future passion in, I should say, then I can only imagine what I can do at a company that I am passionate about in a field that I'm passionate about. So I essentially started looking elsewhere, um, really ramped up after the honeymoon when I got back from our honeymoon in July. And, you know, my boss kind of knew we had a discussion about it. And he was very supportive, which I always appreciate. Um, you know, it's really cool to have uh, transparency between bosses and superiors and coworkers and stuff like that, because I, I know that's not a thing to, that a lot of people experience in their work environment. And he essentially said, you know what, man, go for it. Like if it's something that you want to do and, you know, he's known I've been podcasting since 2018. He knows I'm really into it, you know. He's listened to a few episodes and uh, he was like, you know, if you find something, go for it. And I am very grateful and lucky to finally be able to put in my, my notice at my job and I will be leaving my job that I've been at for four years now. And it's really surreal. I was talking to my wife about it the other day, and she started <laughs> she started crying because she said, "You know, when you started that job, we were just kids. You know, we were boyfriend girlfriend. We weren't engaged. You know, she was still uh, I don't know if she was really still in end of college, but she was like looking, you know, doing some student teaching, and you know, still trying to become a teacher. And now she is a full time teacher, and you know, I was again doing just press work and now I'm a project manager and those four years <clears throat> those four years were basically us growing up together and to now be leaving that era, that chapter, um, to go pursue something that I'm passionate about and that I've built up with Fraud Pod Studios. Um, and content creation and podcast production. It's, uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how time flies. It's crazy that there's going to be a major change. Um, and yeah, it's scary. Yes, it's exciting, but I'm like really, really proud of myself because I've always cared about what other people thought. Um, family, my mom, my dad, my sister, friends, I've always asked for what's the right thing to do, or is this stupid, or should I go for it, or just, just eh, almost needing validation of what, I, that what I'm doing is right. And this is the first time where I actually get to say I'm doing something for myself. I'm doing this for me. If I look back on my life as a 27-year-old, 10, 15, 20 years from now, if I was still with the same company I am with now, would I have a, a steady, secure job? Sure. Would I be making steady, secure money that's you know, probably more than what I'm making now? Most likely. But I know that I would be in the same position of unhappiness that I've been in for the past couple years. And I would hate myself for not going for what I actually am passionate about and what I care about. 
And the fact that I can do that now is such an amazing feeling. And it's something that I'm so grateful for. And I wanted to thank everyone who's watched the Fraud Pod or has listened to any of the shows that I've created or produced. Um, because it, it it's it's people like you that have kept me going to create and have kept me wanting to put out more and learn and get better at what I what my passion is. Um, and in doing that, I have now have opportunities outside of my regular job that I get to leave and now go pursue. And um, it's just really cool. It's just really cool, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm 27 years old. You know, I'm a young man. I know I have a lot of talent. I know my work ethic is through the roof. And you know, the worst that could ever happen is you fail. You know, and then you go, you move on to the next thing. And uh, I always say, money's out there. Money's to be made. You know, there's there's millions of ways to make money. And at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. It's about being happy. It's about doing what you love. It's about being with family. Um, and I'll always choose that over work. That's, that's just how I am. <clears throat> and I'm really grateful, again, for, for my, my current position now and the boss that I have and my coworkers. Because they're very understanding and they've helped me become who I am today, really. You know, again, started as a kid. You know, now I'm a man. Still a man-child, kind of. but And, uh, you know, my work ethic has definitely gone up from working for the company that I've, working, that I've been working for. But I'm excited to see where that work ethic and adding it with my passion can take me because that's ultimately what, what I want to do. So again, thank you guys for watching and listening and supporting me because it does mean a lot and we'll see where it takes me. So I'm excited for the future. Hope you guys are too, but let's move on from the, uh, (laughs) from the somber part of this podcast. And let's move on to some questions that you guys sent in. You guys can send me questions anytime you want about anything on uh, Fraud Pod Studios, Instagram at Fraud Pod Studios. So let's kick it off real quick. We've got Trevor. Trevor asks me, when are we going to finally meet? Trevor, listen, I feel like we've met each other already, man. I, I feel like I know you. I feel like we're like best friends. I know you bring around the duck. You have the Instagram with the duck. You bring it around. That's awesome. I know you're obviously dating Amanda. That's awesome. I heard you like to drink. That's awesome. I like to drink. So hopefully we can meet now that kind of my schedule is going to be opening up and I'll be home more. Maybe we can do a trip down to Florida. We'll go to Disney World. Go see Mickey, Minnie, and friends. Bring the duck. We'll go drink around the world at Epcot. Or next year, we're definitely going to see you guys in South Carolina. So we'll probably see you then. But hopefully, as uh, you know, we get to meet soon. Um, you seem like a really cool dude. And you make Amanda happy, so that's awesome. Um, let's move on to the next question. Andrea Pranzatelli, a future guest. She'll be on November 21st, I believe. She asks, would you date an ugly person if you if they had a good personality and if you were single? So it's funny as my wife and I talked about this. And my first answer has changed because she made a couple good points to me. My first answer was yes, because I don't really care about looks. Um, and if you have a good personality, that's enough, to be honest. Like It's hard to come by good people these days. But... After talking with my wife, there is a good point of there needs to be some kind of physical attraction. So when you say like ugly, it could be like, oh, like their face is ugly, you know, 
or like their body's ugly or whatever. And I feel like a lot of relationships don't work because eventually the physical attraction goes away. Like there's a lot of couples that start out really physically attracted and hot and heavy, and then it kind of just goes away. And then like the relationship just goes into the gutter. So I think if there's some kind of physical attraction, doesn't need to be face, could be body, could be, you know, whatever, whatever your person's into. Um, as long as they have a good personality and one physical thing that I could be attracted to, that's a person I would date. Not, uh, and it sounds so horrible, <laughs> not a completely ugly person, but like me personally, I'd have to date someone that I have some kind of physical attraction to. I would like to say, cause I first said, yeah, I don't care if they're completely ugly and they have a good personality. Cause my wife made a good point. She's like, eventually, you know, you're not going to want to be with that person just because they're a nice person. And that's the unfortunate truth, I think, because there has to be something physical. I believe, at least. Physicality in a relationship is very important. Um, it's not the most important, but it's very important. So, in short, no. Um, but yes, if there's a little bit of a physical attraction to whatever they got going on, basically. I hope that doesn't sound too shallow, but it's the truth, and I like to be as truthful as I can on this podcast. Last question. If you were a celebrity, what would be your product where you know you made it? Examples. Charlie D'Amelio has a drink at Dunkin', Travis Scott has a meal at McDonald's, etc. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I don't like ice cream. I am not an ice cream fan. I need to really be in the mood to get like three scoops of vanilla, you know? However, I love a milkshake. So if I made it, if I was super famous and I had companies coming, hey, you want to make this? You want to do a meal, blah, blah. I'm going straight to Dairy Queen. I'm going straight to Sonic. I'm going straight to Carvel. I want my own milkshake, dude. Milkshakes bring all the frauds to the yard. That's what I want. I want that thing extra large. You only get one size. Extra large vanilla milkshake, Reese's peanut butter cups, Oreos, and caramel drizzle. And just mix that bad boy up. And that's what that would be my product of I made it dare, exclusive at Dairy Queen. Or whoever's the hottest at that point. Carvel basically is powdered milk, so no no Carvel. Dairy Queen or Sonic, because Sonic has the good shakes. Or maybe even Steak and Shake. That would be that would be my thing. So yeah, those are all the questions that were sent in. Thank you guys for sending them in again. Really appreciate that. Let's move on to my favorite segment. What's going on in America? Breaking news. Wow. That's fun. The title of this article. Disneyland guest recounts unexpected evacuation from Pirates of the Caribbean ride. We were literally trapped. Disneyland guests didn't know what they were in for when they stepped into the idling boats at the entrance of Pirates of the Caribbean attraction on Sunday night. Brian Rokos, a crime and public safety reporter for the Southern California News Group, was among them, embarking on the dark ride that unexpectedly broke down for an estimated 90 minutes at around 6 p.m. We were at the point in the ride where the women are chasing the men around in circles, and Jack Sparrow is peeking out of a barrel at a pirate who's talking about the location of the secret treasure. Then suddenly we stopped. At first he thought this wasn't a big deal, but as 10 minutes passed and then another 20 minutes, he started to have his doubts. I was thinking, this is really unusual, said Rokos. Finally, I guess they gave up on restarting the ride. The lights came on and the ride audio stopped playing. Though Rokos could still hear a mechanical grinding sound coming from the animatronic couples as they continued to move. Then a voice came over the speakers, relaying a public service announcement for cast members to come down and help the stranded guests. All things considered, the guests on the ride were relatively calm, even the kids. 
a little boy behind Rohoko started to play a handheld video game. Come on, dude. You're bringing, what, a DS on, on a ride in Disney? Jesus. Get a grip. While a baby on the boat remained sound asleep the entire time. You can't bring a baby on Pirates of the Caribbean. What kind of, what kind of place is this? You're not allowed to bring a newborn baby on a ride that has drops on it. What if your baby goes flying on the boat? But many people had the same question. How did this happen? <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World are notorious for having rides break down all the time. It's just part of Disney's, like, it's like Disney trolling from the heavens or hell, depending on how you see him. Rogo said he overheard a Disneyland cast member mention a number of people who were supposed to come into work that day that called in sick. It's possible they had a plan, but not enough to pull it off as quickly as everyone would like, he explained. Adding, the another cast member attributed the ride's disruption to technical difficulties, though they did not elaborate further. Finally, after 40 minutes of waiting, Rocco saw a cast member approach their boat wearing rubber waders. <laughs> they don't get paid enough. They don't. I'm sorry. There's no way you... If I work there, you can't pay me enough to put on waders and walk through Pirates of the Caribbean to go save people. Out of a boat. Seated in the front row of his own boat, Rokos watched as some of the people in their boats were quickly evacuated because they were closer to land. Then looking down at the two feet of water surrounding him on all sides, he started to feel uncomfortable. Listen, Rokos, buddy, it's two feet of water. Why are you uncomfortable? Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Step into the water. Get your pants wet, soak your feet, go over by Jack Sparrow in the barrel, get off the ride, go down to the main office, get your free Dole Whip, free Fast Passes, and free park ticket, and shut up. You're stuck on Pirates of the Caribbean. You're not stuck on Everest. Or I'm sorry, is this Disneyland? You're not stuck on the Matterhorn. Get out of the boat, dude. There's no way I was going to be able to get out, he said. Brian! There's no harness, okay, in Pirates. You're just in a bench seat in a log flume, basically. Get out! Step out into the water! That ain't gonna hurt ya. If I was him, I'm jumping in the water and I'm going up the boat to go be with Barbosa. I'm going, I'm checking the ride out, dude. I'm going to get, you're going to get wet anyway, right? You're going to get wet anyway, regardless. Whether you wait for the guy and the waiters to come up to you to get you guys out of the boat, you're going to get wet. If you just step out, get wet. Now you can complain. Now you can say, hey, listen, I was stuck. I had a panic attack. I'm freaking out, man. I had to get out of there. And then I fell into the water. I want free Disney trip, free Dole Whip for life. And fast passes. And Disney would probably be like, all right, fine. Because we make billions and billions of dollars. Someone suggested that I should walk the plank, but I had no plank to walk. I had no idea how to get off. We were literally trapped. No, you were not literally trapped. You were trapped. But you weren't literally trapped. You weren't, there wasn't a harness holding you down that that had a hydraulic so you can't get up. That's literally trapped. You were trapped because you're a little baby. You're trapped because you didn't want to get a little wet. Okay? That's why you're trapped. So, false. I thought, this doesn't bode well. This is disaster mode, he added. But it turned out to be a good thing. Trudging through the water, the cast member pushed the boat backwards till it was closer to shore. There, other Disneyland employees were waiting to help them safely step off the boat. They then thanked the guests for not yelling at them. <laughs> Could you imagine? Imagine you wade in the water, push the boat back, and meanwhile, everyone's like, You did this! Why, my kid is terrified of pirates now. I can't believe it. I'm going to call your manager. It's like, ma'am, I make eleven fifty an hour. Please. I'm in waiters. Just get off the ride. <laughs> Holy shit. 
The detour turned out to be pretty interesting. However, Rocco said that as they evacuated, they had a chance to get a behind-the-scenes look at the attraction with wooden planks along the winding hallways. Um, yeah, so basically, listen, it ended up being a good thing. Cool. You're stuck. I think they said at the end they got like a free fast pass. They got one fast pass. Guess what? If you would have got out of the boat on your own and said you had a panic attack, lie a little bit, then you could have gotten more. And said, listen, I had to get out of there. I had to get off. And this is your fault. We were stuck for 90 minutes. It is a long time. I'll give him that. But I wouldn't be freaking out as much as he did in that article. Anyway, that was What's Going On in America. That is my favorite segment. I love finding articles like that where they're just so ridiculous. And I'm a big Disney guy, so I'm glad I found one on Disney. Anyway, guys, I think this is going to conclude the episode. I know it was a little bit all over the place. It got gruesome. It got sad. It hopefully got funny towards the end. And either way, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me. Again, I appreciate every single one of you. It means the world to me that someone listens and watches and If I can make your day a little bit better, then I did my job. So you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Frankie Fraud. You can follow the Fraud Pod Studios at Fraud Pod Studios on Instagram. And please also go follow Jocks of All Trades, a live sports talk show that's on Twitch every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. hosted by Andy and AJ Graziano. They talk all things sports and it's a lot of fun. I get to produce that, which is what I really love to do. So if you guys can go follow them too on Instagram, that'd be great. And we will see you in the next episode.